Hey, I want to thank you for being here. Let's do some pod crashing. Episode number 189 is with Katie Fang from the podcast Class Action. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Sarah. I'll tell you what. I, I am so fascinated by Class Action, this podcast, because we don't know how these lawyers are trained. And in fact, the, what, what I'm learning here is that, that, that these competitions that you, that you report on are shaping the whole generation of, of leaders in the future. Yeah, it's kind of wild, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's a side of my creative imagination that would like to participate with this because it's like, wow, a competition to prove, you know, your point of view. I was going to say, but don't you do that day in, day out? Yes. Aren't you, aren't you, aren't you being the king of persuasion when you try to convince somebody that they got to be able to listen to this or when you go home and you want to make sure that you eat that particular thing for dinner, you use your skills of persuasion. And it's amazing how that means that something like this podcast, Class Action, you don't have to be a lawyer right. to listen. You don't have to be a lawyer to be interested. You don't have to feel like this is a very kind of nuanced niche kind of podcast because it's not. It actually um, has universal application, no matter who you are. So I'm, it's a really cool thing to listen to. I'm so glad that you brought that up because so many times when I'm invited to to speak to these these broadcasting classes, I always tell them, you will be more powerful than a Baptist preacher. And they look at me kind of strange. I say, you will convince people to buy a car. They will change their life because they're going to go out and, 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 and eat dinner at a restaurant you spoke about. The power of talking and people don't understand what inflection does to another human being. Absolutely. And that is why to be able to see, listen, and get so heavily invested emotionally in the evolution of these students as they are competitors and they are law school students, they are undergraduate students, they, you, you get invested in their coaches um, and their teachers and you, you find out their backstories. So it's not just how do they become good trial lawyers, um, but there's the why. Why did they want to do it? And that's why you get kind of that Wizard of Oz vibe. It's the let's pull the curtains back. <laughs> let's see how that sausage is made. And let's care. Let's care about the fact that we have a judicial system that's not going to go away. It is so huge, hugely part of our lives, right? Day in, day out. And that's why it's nice to know that there's the next gen of lawyers or lawyers to be that care enough about wanting to be the best of the best so that they can give you the best of the best. Speaking of that next layer of, of lawyers and things, I mean, this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, uh, to me, changed everything because there's going to be a lot more of those Hollywood trials taking place and somebody better go in there and, and represent better than what, what the opposite did. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm dating myself a little bit here, right? But as we know, going as far back as the O.J. Simpson yeah. trial, right? This idea of bringing cameras into a courtroom to be able to experience the drama, the real life drama of a trial. Um, you saw the quality and the caliber of the lawyers back then. And now since then, we've had so many trials that we've had cameras in the courtrooms. And the most recent one, as you've given an example, is the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. And you know, not not to Monday morning quarterback, but I would agree with you, right? There seemed to be a disparity between the quality and the caliber of the lawyering. And whether that ended up being the deal breaker or whether or not that ended up being the issue at the end of the day with the jury, we will never know. But it, it makes a difference. You as a litigant, you want the best damn lawyer you can get, especially <laughs> if you're going to trial, right? And so that's why you want to make sure that you have a lawyer that learned how to do it the right way from day one. 
Yeah, but you know, this what what I learned during that Johnny Depp trial, and because I was there every day, I had to have it, and I think that's the reason why I love class action because it's now teaching me even more about that courtroom. But do they, do they start hiring the pretty people? And the reason why I bring that up is is because Richard Nixon, once he appeared on television, had to start putting the makeup on. Oh yeah, that's really funny, Nixon. Of all examples, you're bringing up right now with the one six <laughs> stuff. Um, you know. I, I say this without um, without any type of satire, and I'm not saying this to be melodramatic, no pun intended. Trial is theater, mm-hmm. and it's not be- and, and and it's not to diminish the fact that somebody's liberty is at stake in a criminal trial, or somebody's life may be at stake in a, in a criminal trial, or that there's millions of dollars that are at issue in a civil trial. Jurors want to be entertained. They are not psyched to be there on their jury duty. So when you're there, you have to show them in an entertaining way the facts, have them understand the law, and then you have to persuade them to find in your favor. And and we know sociologically, we know studies have been done. Jurors are primarily people that look and listen, right? But it's got to be the primacy recency. And so your your question, do you bring in the more attractive lawyer? Well, human nature would be, right? That maybe you are more drawn to that more attractive lawyer. So there is a lot of components. I say that's the human factor part of it, right? There's the human factors that go into it. And I listen, pod in this podcast class action. You hear about it. You hear about presentation and style, and you hear about why that makes a difference just as much as substance does. You you talked about the why. Why did somebody do this, and why why are they growing within the world of law? I mean, let's let's talk about Tyler for a moment. Native American politician, and he became a law student. I, I thought you become a law student first, then a politician. <laughs> Because maybe when you see the system so damn broken, you want to fix it. <laughs> I'm serious, right? Because th- think about think about the two peas in a pod kissing cousin examples, lawyers and politicians. Several politicians have been lawyers. Several lawyers become politicians. Why? Because as lawyers, we say, I can't change the laws. If you want to change the laws, go talk to your legislator, right? As legislators, what do they say? Well, listen, I make the laws, but somebody's got to enforce them. Oh, my God. So true. Right? And so, so they are so symbiotic you know, very incestuously involved. So it just makes sense that maybe if you see a broken system, you're like, I'm going to become a lawyer because I'm going to go and advocate to fix it. You know, so it's a very fascinating thing. And that's just one great example of what you hear about when you listen to the podcast. Speaking of advocating, there's going to be a new new generation of lawyers in the way of defending women because of a, a decision that was made this past week. I mean, I cannot imagine how the laws are going to change, but we need leaders inside those courtrooms because the innocent people are are going to be punished. Yeah, and arrow to your point, the very first thing you heard after the Dobbs decision was released a few days ago was there's going to be a slew, a yeah. tsunami of litigation. Yep. And in order to do it, you got to bring the best to that courtroom because it will literally impact the lives of millions of American women and their children. Yep. And so that's why it is important. If you're going to go to law school, um, Pay attention, learn the substantive law, but if you think that you wanna be a trial lawyer, go see what it's all about. Do the mock trials, do the litigation skills programs, think about what it takes for you to be that kind of trial lawyer, because I'll tell you, not everybody makes the cut. 
literally mm-hmm. not everybody even in the boot camps and the scrimmages you you hear when you're listening to this podcast not everybody makes the cut to do this why because not everybody's cut out to be a trial lawyer you know what's really interesting about class action and i and i, I really do uh, you know applaud you for doing this you actually bring lawyer coaches in into the picture i i didn't know that this even existed oh yeah the best way to learn is from somebody who's actually done it because it's one thing to sit in an ivory tower and talk about it. It's mm. a whole other thing to be able to be with a person who knew what it was like to be in the trenches. And it's not just the coaches and the teachers and the the graduates that come back to serve as adjunct faculty at these schools and these programs. It's people, you know, like Ellie Honig, who is a CNN legal analyst and Preet Bahara. And it's people like that who actually were trial lawyers and could say, these were some of the greatest trials in my career, or these were some of my greatest failures. And they say, this is where I ended up because of doing trial law. And that's why I thought it was great to be able to listen to that and to hear the anecdotal you know, the anecdotes and the memories of these people so that you as a listener could feel like, oh, wow, this is not just going to stop once they graduate from law school. It's going to keep on going. I, I totally believe in the mantra. The first step is a brand new beginning in the in the way that people change their lives. And I think Andy is one of those people. He comes from a hardworking first generation American family. But this is the kind of person that is going to influence others in his community to become stronger with their voice. Yeah, and that was so, I mean, I'm not ashamed to tell you that I was brought to tears often when I was doing this podcast because you hear the genuine, the genuine sincere desire Mm -hmm. by these students to bring change to their respective communities. They talk about what's lacking. They talk about even what their own families have gone through. And you listen, you're like, you know what? I sit in a place of privilege maybe, or I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And it made me think. And that's, isn't that what we always want, Arrow? Somebody to make us think? Maybe yep. somebody to give us a second to pause and say, I didn't think about that. So that's when you listen to the podcast and you're like, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for this person, right? I want them to do well. And then you're going to hear along the way some really shocking twists and turns. And you're like, are you for real? Like this stuff still happens this day and age. And so that's why, you know, not to, no spoilers here, but I think you definitely want to listen to this podcast because you're going to want to say, oh my gosh, at the end of this, this is where they are. This is great. Or, oh my gosh, you know, wow. So um, it's cool. It, it was really so rewarding for me to do this, this project. We are in a generation of broadcasting where the podcast is now part of our relationship, not only in an office on a one-on-one basis, but it's also in the car. What I love about class action is that you are painting pictures. I don't have to watch you know, a television show to see what you're sharing. You guys, through your writing and through your production team, are painting pictures in my imagination. I see it while I'm driving. And that is the best endorsement we could ever get, right? This idea that because of the pandemic when people have to pivot and they sometimes go away from the traditional video documentary medium and they do it now in a completely you know different podcast medium i mean how cool is it to know that you can close your eyes and you can almost envision it in your mind as to how things are going down i love that i'm so glad to hear that and you're right we are such a go 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 society these days not all of us have the luxury of sitting down and watching something on tv for hours so the idea that you can turn it on wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it 
is amazing. And you can kind of listen to that, you know, episode and stay tuned for the next. It kind of reminds me of the hearkening back to the olden days of the radio serials. Yes. Where, right? Yeah. Right, Arrow? Like you would listen to that, that, that installment and stay tuned for the next. And that's kind of what happens with these podcast episodes. Oh my God. And it, what's so bizarre about it, only because I'm such a fan of podcasts, is, is that yes, it does bother me that I have to wait for the next episode, but it gives me something to look forward to as well. And I also hope it gives people, like I said a few minutes ago, sometimes to some time to think. Yep. They maybe digest what you just heard. Maybe digest about what that student's journey has been like. Maybe find some relatability there um, to your own life and your own journey. So hopefully that's happening. And listen, maybe it's not that deep for everybody, but I still think it's entertaining. So that's the gift of this podcast. So what went through your mind as a journalist when 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 uh, DeAndrea Bell uh, decided that I'm going to be president in 2040? And I, I actually sat there and I'm going, wait a second, 2040 is going to be here before I even know it. I, I need to be watching this person. It made me feel like, listen, I have a seven-year-old daughter with whom I am constantly amazed at the level of how precocious she is and how smart she is and how they're totally different now this day and age than I ever was when I was seven back then. But think about the challenges these kids have. And I and I don't mean kids in a pejorative way, but they are to me, right? I mean, I'm almost yeah. 50. And I look at these students and I think, their their lives are totally different what they get exposed to is totally different than what you and i got years ago and i look at them and i think thank god thank god they care right I, i'm relieved there's that that kind of funny saying we say right that the kids are all right right the kids are all right they are and they're going to save us mm -hmm. and it's going to take um, these types of students, these types of competitors that know that perhaps the true battleground is a courtroom. And in order to fight the right way, you have to know how to fight. Yeah. You have to know what to do. And I think that this is exactly what they wanted. They wanted to learn how to do it the right way. Being a journalist, MSNBC, you know, you're, it's it's the two minute story. It's 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 uh you know you news editors and people like that constantly on your back to go get the story and and you, it's got to fit within their time limit. This podcast, you're on your own, or have or is somebody coaching you along the way saying, "No, Katie, you can only go this far." Not at all. Oh, this was one beautiful. of those long forms. Yep. And of course we edit it for time, but this is not like you say, you know, I've got a hard out in three minutes, right? <laughs> this was long form interviews, long form interactions. It was hours upon hours. I mean, Kevin Huffman and Lisa Gray, they followed these students. We went on this journey for a year and some change, right? So this is not something that got recorded overnight, got slapped together and said, here you go. It is, when I say it's an investment arrow, it is an investment. It was a, a journey to be able to do this. And so that's why I was lucky to be a part of this project. I'm so glad you brought up the truth on that because there are so many people, I, I love them. I, I love anybody who says that they want to do a podcast, but that, you know, but they, but they want that instant gratification, that, that, that quick victory. And it's like, well, you're not going to enjoy the, the process then because the process is making sure that you put your gut into the entire process project yeah and i think that's this idea of the instant gratification in this day and age is something that's applied to a lot of things but a true podcast in my opinion has to make that truly deep dive because if not then what's the difference between you and i just sitting down in front of the internet and just cruising through headlines 
Like if you really want to know, you want somebody who's taken the time to put the hours and to log the energy into creating and developing a podcast, because you also don't want it to be meandering. Class action has a beginning, has an end, but there's a point to it. And there's a point to every episode. And you don't feel rushed when you listen to the episodes. You don't feel like there's a mad dash to the finish line. You feel like, oh, wow, at the end okay, I'm ready for the next one, but mm, I get it. There's a reason why we focused on this particular team or this particular competition for that episode. Now, what did you learn from the, from these students that are getting to the soul of the story? Because they're going to ask the right questions. They're going to, they're even going to ask the wrong questions, but as a journalist, you're going to go, Whoa, I've done that. Oh my God, look how it paid off for them or didn't pay off in that, in that mock trial. Yeah. You know, as somebody who did the mock trials myself, as somebody who was a trial lawyer, um, but is now a journalist. It, for me, it was reaffirming that I was trained the right way when I went through it a long, long time ago. It was also reaffirming to me that I continued to do it the right way when I was a trial lawyer. But it was so curious to me how differently things are done, sometimes even geographically, right? Because you have to cater your presentation to your audience. What's that saying? Know your audience. As a journalist, I have to know my audience, <laughs> right? And so these competitors learned a very hard lesson of know your audience because South Dakota is not California, is not Florida, is not New York. So this idea of how differently things are done or what people are focusing on was a gentle reminder to me that this is a very vast, very diverse United States and that things are not the same. We're not cookie cutter. And, you know, to extrapolate and to be a little bit, you know, kind of bigger visioned on this. It also was a reminder to me. There's a reason why we have so much political strife right now, mm -hmm. because we're not all cut from the same cloth. We're all coming from different places. And so it was a nice reminder that as a journalist, right, that has the national, if not larger reach for my program and for my show, et cetera, that you kind of have to be humble about the fact that we're not the same and we're not coming from the same place. One of the things that I learned on class action, and, and it's, it's just one of those things where I study it as a broadcaster, and that is as broadcasters, we don't get to see the people that we're actually reaching. But in that courtroom, you're proving here that those nine jurors, they get to see who's listening. Yes. And that's what we all miss because the pandemic has really curtailed the idea of this literally in person, in your face within a few feet experience, which is why when you listen to the podcast, you have an empathy for these competitors, for these students. They had to learn a totally different pivot on its head kind of way of trying cases because so much was done virtually and continues to be done virtually. And frankly, Arrow, a huge portion of the future of, of, of the law will be um, Zoom or, or yep. virtual. Yep. And so they've had to learn. And you know what? The teachers have had to learn. The coaches have had to learn. Most of these coaches are obviously older. And so they had that experience of being in court. So they've had to say, you know what? I'm going to teach it differently. So what does that look like? And that's what you, you hear and you learn when you're going through the podcast of class action. You're like, okay, this is a new frontier. This is something totally new. How do we handle this? Oh my God. You bring up the zoom. And, and it's like right away I have visions of this this insurrection hearings that we're going through and there's so much of that that's on Zoom. Katie, you've got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. 
Oh my gosh, what an honor. Thank you so much for even the luxury of this time. Uh, I'm, I'm really flattered and I appreciate you letting me start my week like this. This is great. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? I will try. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Arrow.